0: Hi, this is Marcus, and I just want to welcome you to the Timbers Church podcast. We're excited that you're here. One of the things that we aim to do is to add some value to your life, to your family, to our community, and our world. We do so by exploring the truths that come from God's word. So start the journey with us and hit subscribe and check out this podcast every week. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Oh, today, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to finish up our series called Road Signs. Road Signs, this is going to be part four of the series. Usually, most of our series only go three three parts. Usually, we break it up a little bit smaller. But we're going to add one more week to this just because I think it's such an important important topic to talk about. So if you want to take notes, you can pull them out now and just write Road Signs up at the top, write part four. And uh, if you have a Bible or a U Version Bible app, you can open it up to Proverbs chapter 4. We're just going to stick with what we've been doing um, the last few weeks, and we're going to continue on in Proverbs. So we'll get there in just a second, Proverbs chapter 4. Before we read our text here this morning, let's quick review what we've covered the last three weeks up to this week. In week one, we learned about the path principle, and we've been covering it sort of throughout the whole series here, the path principle. What does that mean? It is your direction, not your intention, that determines your your destination. Okay, that's the path principle. It is your direction, not your intention, that determines your destination. So we covered that week one. Then the bottom line of week two was simply this, and it was very important along the path principle. The bottom line simply said this: when you see a warning sign, turn around. Right. So if if, if, if your direction, not your intention, determines your destination, you see a warning sign, caution sign. Well, then you need a course correct. You need to do something about that. Otherwise, things are going to be bad, right? You're going to uh, reach destruction. You're going to suffer. You not need to, to get back on the right path. So that was week two. The key, though, to truly being on the right path, though, is what we talked about last week in part three. and And that's getting divine direction. Because sometimes... You can gather all the knowledge, right? You can can be really wise. You can have all the information. But you still don't know necessarily what the future holds. You don't know that that down the line. Because you can't see that far. But there is somebody who can see that far. And that's your Creator. That's your Heavenly Father. And He wants what's best for you. So rather than listening to your own knowledge, rather than listening to your own life or personal experiences, instead we need to turn to God and give it to Him. And getting divine direction from him comes from a place of surrender. We need a surrender to him. And that led us to the weekly cue that we gave you last week, which was this. Of finding something inside your life where you're like, man, I know this pretty good. I feel like I have control of this area of my life. And because I have control of this area of my life, I have so much knowledge in this one area. I just am going to do it on my own. And we said, even though you feel like you can handle it. Even though you have the information, the knowledge, the personal experience to handle it, we still need that area to be surrendered over to God. So identifying that area that you feel like you got and saying, you know what, I'm going to surrender that over to God because I want every area of my life to be in surrender to Him. Because divine direction will always flow out of surrender first, right? And sometimes we think in our head, I'm going to start preaching last week's message, but like sometimes we think in our head, like, no, I need to pray and ask God what I should do next. And it's like, that's step two. (laughs) Step one is first just getting in his presence and saying, I surrender to you. Now that I've surrendered to you, now give me your direction. Now what should I do? Step one is always going to be coming from a place of surrender. All right, that catches us up over three weeks. Wasn't that fast? Didn't that feel good, right? It's like, man, I got a lot to walk out with right now. But we're going to finish up with this series with uh, week number four. And we're going to keep on keeping on in the book of Proverbs because it's packed full of so much wisdom, so much knowledge. And uh, we're going to look at verse 25 through 27. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. It says this. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Let's pray. God, we want to invite you into this message to speak clearly to us. We pray, Father, that you open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, open our minds that we might understand and soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive all that you speak and then give us the strength and the courage to put what you speak into action. Because God, we don't want to be just hearers of your word today. We want to be doers. We want you to help us to be your church. And everybody in this place said. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Direction, right? Direction determines destination. Direction determines destination. That's what we've been talking about. But if we're honest with ourselves, we also, even though we know that as a truth, we have to say, you know what? It's also very easy for us to get off course, right? Yes, it is our direction that determines our destination. But it is so easy to have something just sort of get us to... Go a different direction, a direction that we didn't attend, a direction that we didn't want to go. Like things just seem to reach out and grab our attention and say, hey, over here. Right. And and every path that leads to destruction, every path that leads to destruction has come out of usually a place that had some kind of emotional pull because we didn't want to end up in a place of destruction. That wasn't the intent. So why would we have ourselves get off of a path that was good and end up in a place that was bad? Why would we do that? Well, the reason why is because something emotionally was pulling. It engaged us in an emotional way and it tugs us off course. Have you ever heard somebody say something like this? It just grabbed my attention. Right? You hear that, right? You, you probably said that, right? It just grabbed my attention. I don't know what happened. I just, I just got distracted. It, it grabbed my attention. And so often it is things like that, the, the sayings like that, that lead us to places of regret. Where we look back and say, man, I didn't mean to. It just grabbed my attention. Now here's the thing. There's a big difference between something grabbing our attention and us giving our attention to something. Right? Those are completely different things. It grabbed my attention, I gave my attention to it, right? Grabbing our attention is all about the emotional pull. It emotionally pulls us in, right? Giving our attention to something is more about us being intentional. I'm choosing to give my attention to this. Now, I'm sure that we can think of our, our lives and, and look back and say, you know what, I can come up with a lot of examples of both of those categories, right? Right. Back, I mean, you go back to, to those days when you're pursuing somebody and you're like, man, I can think of several relationships that grab my attention. <laughs> it was not a good relationship. It just grabbed my, I mean, emotionally, it just pulled me in, right? But then you can think about your relationships now and say, man, I got a relationship now and, I, and I'm giving it my attention, right? Because this is different than the emotional pull. I'm saying I'm in. I'm all in with this relationship. Now I, I can think of opportunities that grab my attention that I wish that they want them. It just seemed too good to be true and I just went for it and you know the opportunity was there and and then I also think of opportunities that I gave some thought and some some focus and I said you know what this is an opportunity I'm going to actually give some attention to I'm going to seek this thing out and I found it and now I have the opportunity because I gave it some attention You can make a list of things that you wish you would have paid more attention to as well, right? Man, I wish I would have given more attention to that area of my life. It could be relationships, could be a job, could be your family, it could be even your spiritual life, something there. Like, I just wish I would put more attention in that area of my life. And then, along with that list, you got the other two that we just mentioned the list of things that we're, we're happy to give attention to, and then the list of things that we're not so happy that we gave attention to, right? And if we're honest, the thing that grabbed our attention, right? The thing that grabbed our attention, the thing that we regret giving attention to, that thing impacts our life in a real, real negative way. And so, we don't want that. We don't want. To be affected negatively. We don't want to go do something that is going to hurt us, bring us to a place of destruction, bring us to a place of regret. So, how do we stop from having something grab our attention and pull us off course from the path? Well, let's jump back to the Bible because the Bible is just a cool book like that. It has a wealth of knowledge that we can learn from. It speaks to our current lives, it speaks to our day to day. And so let's look at it because God seems to be reminding us. Us over and over and over again of things that play into the path principle. That, that thing that we pay attention to that directs our lives, God is constantly talking about it. He's given us so much, and I just want to unpack some of the things that he gave. Before we look at the text that we kick things off with today, I want to literally jump back in the Bible and go all the way back to the, the book of Deuteronomy, which is one of the first books of the Bible. you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy, book number five, 66 books, book number five, that's where we're at today, Deuteronomy. Now, that's a book that basically records the life of Moses and the Israelites, and it's fascinating. Fascinating! It's a fascinating story. The Israelites are God's select people. God has an unconditional love for them. I mean, he loves them deeply, right? And they are out in the desert, and they're traveling around on their way to the promised land. God has promised a special land for them, promised that they would be this great nation. And they just left slavery in Egypt, and now they're traveling around in the desert, and they're on their way to this beautiful place. Now, if you get to chapter 5, Moses presents the people with this thing called the Ten Commandments. Anybody ever remember the Ten Commandments? You hear about that in Sunday school, right? The Ten Commandments are sort of a big deal. It's a a law that we should still follow today. I mean, it it will affect your life in a positive way, right? The Ten Commandments, sort of a big deal. And so that happens in chapter 5. And then in chapter 6, we see the Israelites get warned again not to stray from God's following. God gave us ten things. Obey these things and you'll stay on the right path, right? And then chapter 6 God warns the Israelites hey, don't stray from it. Don't stray from my way. God basically says in in chapter 6, He says, you're going to be tempted by what is happening in surrounding nations around you. You're going to look at them and you're going to see the way that they do government and you're going to say I want to do government that way. You're going to look at their economy and how it works and say well, why can't our economy be more like that? You're going to see how they do life and relationships and you're going to want to follow in suit, right? But God is saying, hey, that's the temptation. That's the temptation. God is saying, I want to give Israel, I want to give my people, my select people, a different way of doing it. So I'm going to give you some different laws. And so he starts to give them some more laws on top of the 10 commandments, the things that that are going to help direct them down a different path from all the other nations that are surrounding them. That's sort of a big deal. And you're like, okay, that's cool. And then, then, then in chapter 6 God says something through Moses that I want you to catch. Listen to this. He, God says this through Moses in, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12. He says, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. Huh. Okay. All right. What we see God making here is an agreement with Israel. See, they need to pay attention to something. God was wanting them to be intentional with the way that they lived their lives and what they focused in on. He wanted them to set their attention on his laws, Because God knew that if he had their attention, then their direction and ultimately their destination would take care of itself. Right? And after God says this, the people did exactly what you and I probably would have done if we had received a message from God in that way, right? What what happened was they got really, really focused. They said, we're all in. They started being really obedient. They paid careful attention to the laws. If someone broke it, they came alongside and said, we're going to keep you accountable. We're going to hold you to the line. Why? Because it matters, But during that time that they they were really focused and obedient, guess what God started to do? He started to pour out blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon their lives. He started to do what he said he would do. And there was this connection and things were good in their lives. But it didn't take long before they would grow complacent of living that way. And their complacency would lead them to a place where they would start to get distracted. And as they got distracted and the temptations that were told to them would come, they did come. And the next thing you know, they're headed down the wrong path. And you're like, Israel, what are you doing? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, as they head down that path and they get away from keeping their attention and their focus on God, what ends up happening is God's blessings, all of a sudden... Are nowhere to be found. Things start to take a turn for the worse. Destruction starts to come their way. One time Israel got so far off the path. That they ended up sacrificing their own temple to God. And a foreign nation literally drove them out of the land. That God had intended for them to walk into. And it took some time. But eventually they hit their rock bottom. Eventually they woke up from being off the path. Eventually they paid attention to the warning sign and the caution signs and the do not enter signs. And they they said, okay, I guess we got to do 180. We got to get back on track. And they did. Eventually they woke up and they really got focused again. They turned back to their God. They got their attention on the right thing. And because of that. God eventually brought them back into the land that he had promised for them. So going all the way back to book number five, to Moses and the Israelites, we see God trying to show us the importance of the path principle. God was saying, I want good things for you. I want to bless you. But if you want them, you need to focus on me. You need to pay attention to my ways. Don't let their, their ways, nation, culture. Don't let that capture your attention. Because what captures your attention will. It will affect your life. It will have a big influence on your future. Instead let me have an effect on your life. Let me influence your future. Attention here. See many years after this. Israel becomes the established nation that God promised that they would. And they're living in the holy land, the promised land that he had promised them. And at this point, they had even got their own king. Once again, following culture government rather than God's government. But through it all, God gives them a king and they're actually now on their second king. Matter of fact, his name is King David. You might have heard of that guy, right? The hero of your Sunday school days. Have you ever heard of David and Goliath, right? He was one of the best. I love David. Well, King David was was king now and King David talked about the importance of the path principle as well. You see it in Psalms 119, verse 35 through 37. David said this. He said, direct me in the paths of your commands, for there I find a light. Turn my heart towards your statues and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from the worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. See, once again, we see David here. David saw how God's commands would actually lead him down what? A good path. Not a bad path, but a good path. And he says, turn my heart. Turn my eyes. Well, What what does that mean? That's basically what David is saying is, turn my attention to you, God. Because when my attention on you, it matters. Just focus on what David said. This is a prayer that he prayed. Do you see the power of this prayer that David prayed? God, please turn my eyes away from worthless things. From things in culture, from things in government, from things that the world says that I need. Turn my my eyes away from that, from these worthless things and turn my eyes to what really matters. Get my attention. On you. See, this is a powerful prayer. David knew that focusing on worthless things would lead him into a very dangerous place for his life. And so then a little bit more time goes away, goes by. And King David he passes away, and the next king was his son, King Solomon, the guy that we've been talking about so much in this series up to this point. The one that God literally gave wisdom and knowledge. To make him one of the wisest men, well, the wisest man to ever walk on this earth. I mean, King Solomon just fills so much wisdom, pours out of him. And and that's why we've been looking at the things that he said throughout this series. And once again, we kicked off today's message with words that came from King Solomon. If we were to look at those words again in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27, he said, let your eyes look straight ahead. Same thing that his dad said, right? Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. You want to talk about somebody who understood the importance about being intentional. King Solomon knew you needed to be intentional. He was reminding us from time to time, you're going to be tempted to go to the right, to go to the left, to, to, to change your focus. Our gaze is going to want to be in places that it shouldn't. And as our gaze goes, you too will go, He's what he's saying. whatever grabs your attention, that thing that grabs your attention, it's grabbing not just your attention, it's grabbing your life. And this is why he says, look directly ahead. Fix your gaze straight in front of you. Be intentional about where you look because it matters. Let's stop here and just close, right? No, let's not. Let's fast forward in the story. And let's go a thousand years forward in the story. If we were to fast forward and jump ahead a thousand years, then you see somebody else show up on the scene. You see Jesus, the son of God, the, 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 the Christ. He shows up on the scene and Jesus, guess what? Jesus himself picks up on the very same principle. Over and over and over again, we see it. Maybe we should pay attention to it. What does Jesus say? Jesus says it this way. Matthew chapter 6 verse 22. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. When Jesus said this, there was no such thing as electricity. Right? So when a person was walking down the streets at night, he carried an, a lamp, to uh, an oil lamp to sort of light the road in front of him. Have you ever been camping? Like if you go camping, they got those old Coleman lanterns and you put the oil the, the, the or the gasoline or the whatever, the propane in and you have to pump it, right? You know, and you light a match and you light that thing up and you put it on the picnic table and, and what does it do? It lights up at night. It lights up the surrounding area, right? Now, if you were to get that lantern and then walk from the picnic table to the tent or walk from the picnic table to the bathroom, what area does it light up when you hold it out? Does it light behind you? No, your body blocks the light from traveling behind you. It lights up the area in front of you, right? And so what would happen as as people in this time frame would walk with an oil lamp is they would hold it out directly in front of them so that it would light their way, right? Right? And so what would happen is you would move in in the direction that the light was giving you light to travel in, right? Wherever the light went, your body would follow. You didn't want to go into the dark. You didn't want to go into that place. So what Jesus was saying here is your eyes are important. Duh. (laughs) Right? Right? They determine what you see. They determine what you pay attention to. Where your eyes go, you will go. What you pay attention to will direct your entire life. Do you feel like something's repeating itself over and over and over again throughout Scripture? I think it is. And I think we should pay attention to it. Check out the second part of the verse, right? If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of what? full of light the greek word for good here actually means wholesome or pure i love that if your eyes are wholesome your whole body will be full of light if your eyes are pure your whole body will be full of light so make sure your eyes are good wholesome and pure this focus determines the health of your entire life Jesus then goes on in the next verse and he actually talks about how if your eyes are bad, our whole body will be full of darkness. Destruction will come. So if you choose to focus on something bad, then it is going to move you away from what God wants for you. And it's going to affect your future. Do you remember back to the days where you learned how to drive? You got in the car and you're driving down the road and you got your mom or dad in the passenger seat or maybe a driver's ed teacher or whoever it was, right? And as you're driving down the road, you know, like cars are just passing you. Right, because you you're not going. I mean, like the speed limit. It's like you're going five miles underneath the speed limit. Like people are just boom, boom, boom. That's why they put the sign on the car. You know, new driver. You know, it's like you need to know that this guy. I don't need to honk my horn at. He's learning, and he's going slow because of that. So cars are just going by, and you're getting it passed. And and as you're getting passed left and right, you're you're like you're you're sort of turn in your head to sort of see who's passing you and your mom, dad, your driver's ed teacher, you know, sees that and is like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, don't look at the cars that are passing you please, right? And matter of fact, if you ever get to the point where you pass a car, don't look at the car that you're passing. Why would they say that? You're sitting there, you're scratching your head. Well, I'm curious. Maybe it's one of my friends that just passed me. Maybe maybe I know them. Maybe they're flipping me the bird or something like that. I need to know. I need to look, right? And so you ask that question. Why should I not look at the cars passing me? Why should I not look at the car that I'm passing? And they tell you because if you look that way, your tendency will be to what? Drift that way, right? Same reason why we got a new law, right? A hands free law. Because if you have one of these and you have a tendency to sort of check your phone while you drive, all of a sudden what happens? When your attention is down here, then you begin to drift up here, right? They say that texting and driving is worse than drunk driving. Wow! Who knew? I don't know how many times I've seen people swerving down the road thinking they're drunk. And then when I pass them, I realize they're not. They were on their device. Right. And so our attention, our gaze, when it's down here, our drift out there is leading us towards what? Towards destruction. And and the same is true when it comes to our own lives. What we pay attention to will impact the direction of our life. It just will. The writer writer of Hebrews said it this way. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Some think I'm smart enough. I got this. I can get around this truth. I can drive my car and I can look at the people that pass me. I can look at the people that I pass. I'm one of them. If I'm driving down the road and there's a field out there, I'm looking for deer. Right? I've mastered this. I got it. I can look. And it won't affect me. Dude, there's a buck right there. You know, it's happened to me many times. I'm getting better at, at mastering This okay, But I'm telling you, if my gaze goes for too long, it does still affect me. It can only go so long before it won't, right? No matter how smart you think you are, no matter how sly you think you are, that you can get around this truth. I'm telling you, just give it time and you will see that this truth will come to show you that it is a truth that stands. If your gaze goes, you too will eventually go. Attention equals direction equals destination. Attention, direction, destination. Pay careful attention to this truth. Reed, you can come on up. So, as we wrap this series up, let me give you two questions to wrestle with. The first question is this What has captured your attention? What has captured your attention? The second question is this. What do you need to begin giving more attention to? Because you don't have to just be yanked around all the time by your emotion. Oh, my emotion just pulled me over here. Oh, man, it just grabbed my attention. You don't have to be yanked this way and that by emotion. You have the power to make a choice, to be intentional. You can decide to move In a different direction. You can decide what you give your attention to. Maybe you're here today, and this talk is just man, it's hidden home. You're like, wow. I didn't know that the Bible repeated itself over and over and over again from the beginning today. I didn't know how important it was to know what my attention is going towards. Matter of fact, if I looked at my attention, my attention has never been truly, fully on Jesus. Instead, my attention has been all over the place. Well, nothing brings more peace and more direction better than having your attention on Jesus so if you're hearing this today and you're saying, man, I just, I need to come to a place where I surrender my life to him. Well, I'm telling you, then this is your moment. You can get your attention on him today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's somebody here today and you say, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to give my attention to him. I want to follow him. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to accept what he did for me on that cross so many years ago. Years ago today. Today could be your day. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's somebody here today that wants to give their life to Christ, I just want you to raise your hand on the count of three as a sign that you're saying yes to him. Ready? One. Two. Three, is there anybody? Awesome. Awesome. You can look up here. We always do that because we always want there to be a choice, an opportunity for somebody to say yes to him. But for all of us here today who have said yes to him, what do we do with this? Well, I think God laid out the principles for us pretty clearly, didn't he? Right? And why did he lay it out so clear for us? Because he loves us with an unconditional love. Because he truly wants what's best for us. He doesn't want to keep you from things. He wants to give things to you. He wants to lead you into better things. He he wants you to avoid the pain and the frustration that comes from finding yourself lost in a place that you never intended to be. And that's why he says, keep your attention here. And you don't have to end up there. That's why he gave us the path principle. So as we've all started the journey of following him and walking his path. Then we need to continue down. it. We need to say, you know what? I'm going to pay attention to this path because I'm on it. And I'm going to pay attention to the signs that surround me. If something says danger or caution, man, I'm going, to, I'm going to course correct. I'm going to turn around if need be. I'm going to make sure I'm on the right path. I'm going to be intentional about that. I'm going to seek His divine attention for my life by surrendering my life to Him. Not just some of it, but all of it. I'm going to surrender divine. Direction will come out of that. But then as I do that, then I'm going to keep my attention on Him. Eyes on Christ. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Him. going to be intentional about that. I'm going to give my attention to him, which leads us to our weekly cue, which was the two questions that I gave because it all starts by recognizing where we are. So as we recognize where we are, we got to wrestle with those two questions. What has captured your attention? What do you need to begin to give more attention to? And as you identify where you are, then you need to remember that once we figure out those two questions, then the next step is simply to submit to God, to turn that focus to him. Because when we do that, then your direction will follow in his ways, which will lead you to a place that begins to be filled with his promises and his blessing, which is what I want for my life and is what I want for your lives as well. So let's just take a moment to wrestle with that, and then I'm gonna have Greg come up and close us out here in just a minute.